Hey, sports fans. If you're at all like me, you love a discount. Really, who doesn't love a great discount? And I can't think of a better one than our 40% off an annual subscription over at theathletic.com. I love what I do here, and I know you love reading us, and you will love to keep reading us on all of our beats, in all of our sports as they return. And you really can't get any better, more comprehensive, or in-depth coverage anywhere else. If you go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel, you can get that sweet, sweet discount. That is 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you don't want to miss any of our coverage. That's theathletic.com slash 11 personnel for 40% off an annual subscription. We'll see you there. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, is my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Good, Jordan. I saw this great joke on Twitter. I don't know whether you saw it, so stop me if you did. But it said <laughs> that Rams training camp was going to be intense. Oh, you would not bring this up right now. I'm one of my... <laughs> proudest moments <laughs> I was like I'm literally on the edge of my seat wanting to hear this joke and you bring up my super lame pun that I made the other day I thought it was great I thought but it was great you know what it does serve I'm going to somehow uh win this win this situation because it does it does provide a great segue um into hey the Rams are kind of sort of back in camp yeah, I was setting you up, Jordan, is what I was doing there. Uh, setting me up, much like a tentist sets up a tent. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. You know, the, 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 there's a backstory to this tent, actually. This is just going to end up being the tent podcast. But they, they put that thing up. I, I don't know where they got it from, but they, they put it up uh, last year, two years ago. I don't know. It could have been five years ago. When uh, they had wins and and they couldn't, they didn't think they were going to be get, able to get on the practice field uh, for uh, a few days during the week, and uh, so they put up that giant tent in the parking lot and didn't end up doing anything with it because the weather ended up being fine. So it just kind of sat there in the parking lot. And I remember texting a couple of people in the Rams being like, you know, why don't you just have like wedding receptions there or something like you might as well put the right. thing uh, to use. But Jordan, it definitely looks like they're going to get some uh, some use out of it this time. Yeah, I want to know where they store it, first of all, because <laughs> that yeah. thing is massive. I mean, this is like you can, you know how you can see SoFi when you fly in over Los Angeles County, you can see SoFi. Um, if you were to fly over Ventura County, you'd definitely be able to see this tent. It's massive. It's all about the fact that it's open-sided is super important. It's all about the nice Southern California breeze, um, you know, pushing the air particles. And Sean McVeigh said air particles uh, more than I've probably ever heard a football coach say air particles um the other day and so but but really i mean jokes aside like it's really important that they're doing this they're outside which is um as we know from science that we should be listening to right now hint hint um you know as we know it's being outside with a with a breeze or adequate ventilation is is really a good way to battle this virus. And and that aside, you know, combined with all of the, they're doing daily testing, testing Jared Goff talked with us yesterday uh, that, you know, he talked with the, Jared Goff talked with us earlier this week about 
the daily testing that the Rams players are doing, and it's a nasal swab, Rich. It's not that nasal swab, but it is a nasal swab. So I just want to put that out there to make sure everyone is clear. So what we know so far is that two Rams players went on COVID reserve since players started reporting earlier, uh, you know, at the beginning of August for testing, late July for testing. So that's, you know, that's a pretty small number. I think GMs and coaches were expecting at least one or two per team on average across the league. And one player's already come off the list. Um, Terrell Lewis, the outside linebacker, third round draft pick, the rookie, um, he remains on the COVID reserve list. And so basically what happens now is he is isolating but able to participate virtually but, you know, has to record the, the three negative tests in order to return to team activities. And so basically what I'm getting at with this very long rambling series of information is, is that the Rams, I mean, across the league, everyone's taking a ton of prote- uh, precaution. I think the Rams do have a little bit of an advantage here, not just with the tent being so open space and, and the ability to hold those massive team meetings um, in a well-ventilated outdoor space, the the mask wear and, and all of that. But also, you know, they can move. They have the little sort of like mobile trailers all, all across their, their camp, their practice campus, and they can move them to where they need to go so that they can, um, you know, kind of make a bigger outdoor workout space, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it, it ends up kind of working out to their advantage. You're right. I think of some of these other facilities. I mean, I've been down to the Chargers one and you know, they have a nice offices, indoor facilities, but that's not really, you know, that's not really what you want right now. I mean, I guess in a way, if you can spread it out, it's okay. You know, I think of the beautiful new facility that the Raiders just opened in in Henderson, Nevada. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure they would have loved to be spending a lot of time in there. I'm sure they have beautiful, beautiful uh, amenities in there, but really what you want right now is just to keep it simple and keep it as outdoors as, as you can. So this, this is not a training camp about luxury. It's not a training camp about comfort. Uh, It's really a training camp about being as safe as you can uh, inside the facility and outside the facility. And uh, yeah, you have to applaud, you know, the, the Rams folks. Reggie Scott, Sophie Harlan, I mean, uh, they've done what they can do, I think. You, you can't control everything, but uh, I, I think they've put themselves in a position to where, you know, if the players take care of their business, then they've got a chance. Yeah, I think two things are really important here. One of them is the edu- educational aspect of what they're trying to do. And, you know, I can't speak for other teams, but one of the things that I think is really important is Reggie Scott holding these meetings with players to provide updates for them on what they know about the spread, about the virus, um, and to to provide updates on what the facts are in terms of how to, to sort of stop that risk and to minimize that risk as much as possible. And having the leaders on the team, Jared Goff, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you know, having these guys buy in to being photographed. Jar- Jared said something really interesting the other day he wanted to be photographed in his mask. He wanted to be on video in his mask when the Rams did like their in-house content because, and when Hard Knocks was playing, because he said that it was important that they show what kind of responsibility to take and not just to their teammates, but also to the, to the mass public, I think. And that, I thought that was admirable. And, and second of all, um, the coaches and staff are buying in and, and Sean McVay is, is being very communicative about, you know, walking that line before between we still have to get through our workday, we have our body of knowledge, we're doing everything that we need to do, and, and 
it's all an open dialogue and it's all an open conversation about how do we stay safe? Also, keep in mind, we're going to be playing football, but how do we control as many variables as possible? And like, honestly, I think that coaches benefit in seeing adequate protections as an edge. And what I mean by that is you heard quotes around the league and it's like basically the team that's the most responsible will have the best shot at winning this year. And that's so true because if you have to put half your roster on reserve for a game, I mean, that sets you back so far. And so, of course, you know, that's it's it's like a light bulb goes off, I think, sometimes with people. It's like, yeah, if you're as safe as possible, you have the best chances of fielding a competitive team. This is a season where you're not even as worried necessarily about, you know, scheme or system, but also but more so like, okay, can we get guys on the field? <laughs> know and it sounds so silly but like there are going to be teams that won't be able to field a team this year they won't be able to field a starting roster on Sundays just because you know if they if if they can't minimize um the risk and if they have a, a spread or something like that yeah I, and you're seeing it I, I saw the the trailer for hard knocks that, that just got put out uh, this week and you know even them showing Sean and his in his meeting with the coaches and he's there wearing his visor and, and talking to the coaches about, you know, Hey, we've, we've got to be safe. We've got to make sure we can keep our staff together, keep our, our roster together. And Jordan, I really think for all those reasons, this training camp, there's so many variables that the teams that handle this training camp, the best are going to have a huge advantage for, for so right. many reasons. Usually these training camps, there's they're so regimented. I mean, pretty much every team has the same type of schedule. You know, you have the four preseason games. Every team has a certain number of injuries in camp. You know, some some worse than others. There's really not a lot of variance. But when you talk about teams getting through training camp, now there's a ton, and and whoever can manage their time the best, whoever can take advantage of of that on field time. How you're going to structure those practices? How intense are they going? to be how intense can they be and then whether or not you can just keep your guys on the field there's so many variables here and i think a lot of it's going to be on these these coaching staffs to, to see how they can get their teams through the next five weeks here yeah that's that's spot on and i i think we both agree that it feels in the initial phases of this it feels a little bit like the rams do have a bit of an advantage here um you know, you don't want to obviously be insensitive and talk about advantages during a global pandemic. But, right. you know, in the scope of football, I do think the Rams, with all of the things that they are are doing, and then also the the seem the, the seeming buy-in for players so far that we've heard from to um, keep the situation almost as bubble-like as possible without actually physically being in a bubble. And what I mean by that is not not going out to restaurants, not going to bars or anything like that. And it's kind of funny, you know, a lot of the guys live up up north, north of the city. Right. And a lot of the staff does too. And so that's, you know, in a way, <laughs> I think that that takes away some of the risk as well. Um yeah. because, you know, you're you're like, okay, I have my I have my two, you know, my two or three spots that I get my takeout from or whatever, because you've been doing that all spring. And I think a lot of these guys, you know, I I think if it it really certainly depends on location. And then if you're coming in from out of town, you're in a hotel or you're in a situation where you're kind of isolated anyway. So 
Um, right. You know, it's I, I do think that, and then that plus all the medical precaution and all of that, I do think there is a little bit of an advantage here. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we really will see. And then like, then we got to get to football and that, that part I'm really excited about cautiously. So, um, but you know, we got to get there first, but I am excited about it. Yeah, I am too. And again, it's, you know, everybody understands the the relative importance of things and, uh, you, right. you don't want to see people getting sick. You don't want to see, you know, family members getting sick and things like that. But it, it does. You you could see, like, even just again, just watching that that little trailer, and you you could see, you know, Sean in the meeting room, and you could just you could tell he was excited. And I know it doesn't take much to get Sean McVay excited, but it, it, you could tell he was just like ready to go. You know, and and I kind of have a little bit of that feeling too. It's like, okay, I really would like to see uh, uh, some football again. So I, I think everybody, you know, we, there's there's not much we agree on. <laughs> we being a country, a world, or whatever, but I, I, I think we can agree that that we want to see this work, and and we hope that it does, and uh, and and we'll see. And it is going to be a lot on the players to to kind of police themselves. Uh, I've read a lot about that with the Dodgers, you know, recently, and and the Angels also. Um, just you know, a lot of it is just uh, you know self policing. Uh, being accountable to your teammates, being accountable to the people in your organization. And and, and that's really what it's going to come down to. So uh, again, I feel like the Rams have done everything that they can do to inform their people. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just hope that it works. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of things people agree on, Boy, if people wanted to know what Jared Goff has been up to, I think I, I underestimated. <laughs> I'm gonna like we. I'm, sometimes I like to share with people like what Rich and I's Slack conversations are like yes. within our workplace Slack. Um, like for example, trying to figure out what day it is, and right. you know, hard hard hitting issues like um, is it really Tuesday or is it actually Monday for the third time? Right. So. Right. We, but one of the things is that we talked about recently, um, you know, I had a piece with 3DQB, which is where Jared trains in the off season and ended up getting some what I thought was like normal, normal insight to, you know, what a quarterback coach would talk, would say about his player. But in Rams world and in the world of franchise quarterbacks, they have been so um non uh non-informative or non-detailed <laughs> about the certain things that Jared has had to work on or that he will work on yes. and i think like that's been really interesting so for me i'm i've been kind of like okay so y- yeah you you know you guys are in press conferences and you're saying yeah you know there's some things i need to work on and i'm going to handle those things but then you never really figure out what and and I get that you don't want to give your secrets away or anything like that. But even the sl- even the littlest details, um, it, it just felt like Adam Dudeau, who um, talked talked with me extensively about Jared's training. I mean, I, I felt like finally I was really getting a sense, really getting a feeling of first of all what was so important for him to work on, and second of all what. Um, you know, kind of what we've been all so curious about. And then it was really funny because I was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one feeling this because the second that thing came out, everyone's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. We've been wondering. <laughs> oh, <know>? yeah. 
Yeah, no, but long before you you came to LA, and a lot of questions on Twitter. You know, what's Jared working on? How is he trying to improve? And uh, good questions. And like you said, these are questions that we ask, and and you don't really get a lot of specifics. So I absolutely, if if people haven't checked out the story yet, it, it's on our our website, on our app, uh, inside uh, Rams QB Jared Goff's training with 3D QB and what's different in 2020. And Jordan, one thing I really want to uh, drill down on here and, and kind of get your your reaction to you you asked uh, a very specific question to Adam about, you know, what's Jared trying, trying to improve on? And I didn't know, as I was reading the question, I kind of thought, ah, is he going to answer this or is he going to kind of just talk around it? But he gave a very specific and great answer that centered right. all fantastic great answer just centering along around something that i had, had noticed last year that i found very kind of interesting and and that's just kind of jared's work in the pocket maybe a little bit of footwork and and again not not talking about foot speed not talking about the ability to run away from trouble things like that but just how are your feet in the pocket and and are you throwing off your back foot are you are you stepping into throws are you making those subtle little moves because what we saw last year to me was Jared not being real comfortable at, at times there. You know, he mm-hmm. didn't he didn't take a lot of sacks. And in fact, the Rams were very good about not kind of putting him on on his back. Uh, but it, it was it was almost like an eye test, Jordan, to to watch him. He just did not look comfortable. He looked, I think I said this on the podcast before, but he, he kind of looked like a guy expecting things to go wrong. And and that's kind of hard to, to translate, but but that's how it looked to me. So yeah. so to see, you know, th- th- this interview and, and, and to see, you know, Adam talking about how they were working to fix that. If you want to look at one thing, uh, I think that's a big one for Jared Goff. Massive. And there are so many sort of split offs of that that I think are so important. And it, it's it's like two paragraphs of, of Adam talking and it contains so much information. And one of those things is that that idea of expecting things to go wrong. Um, they have trained Jarrett this offseason, and I I don't mean to be so very blunt about this, but I'm I'm it's gonna come off that way anyway. <laughs> but they have changed they have trained Jared this offseason as if the worst, quote unquote, will be the baseline. Right. And what I mean by that is they are they worked on him on his pocket awareness and his sort of mobility within the pocket or or the ability to extend plays in, in various ways that don't just mean, you know, running for your life and then firing off a pass. You know, they they are assuming because of COVID and because of these guys on the offensive line that was pretty patchwork for a large part of the year last year, they are they are assuming and working with the assumption that they are also going to be struggling at least very, you know, in the very beginning parts of the year to the first half. That's that's the working assumption that they train Jared Goff with this offseason. And yes, it's blunt, but they don't have time to sort of tiptoe around that conversation because he he should not be, like you said, throwing the ball like and, and working in the pocket as if he's just expecting everything to go wrong. If he can work with the assumption that things are not going to be perfect for him within right. that pocket – then he can do a lot more with that because he's got that baseline understanding. So that I thought was really, really important. I thought that the the comment about how do you not try to throw around your problems, 
How do you throw off your back foot? Like Adam said, how do you not just work on your arm? How do you not just rely on your arm talent, which we know Jared Goff has? How do you not just rely on the arm talent to make the throws for you? You have to, there are certain mechanics that go into, okay, I have to throw off my back foot. This is exactly how mechanically I need to throw the ball. And I have to throw off my front foot sometimes. I mean, this dude's going to be all over the place. It sounds like, so, you know, he's (laughs) like, so, you know, there's, there's certain mechanics and that's something that I think was really important was the science of the mechanics that go into when you have to throw in those types of situations in which you are under duress. And if you can get a, a comfort level, a high comfort level in doing that, you can be very, very successful while also, um, sort of mitigating the strain that it puts on your own body. So I think there's so many layers to what Adam talked to us about because it just was so... Um, the other thing, Rich, they gathered critique from the Rams themselves, not just from Sean McVay, um, probably from Kevin O'Connell, um, although he came in, you know, obviously after the season ended, but, you know, from his teammates, from Jared's teammates. And they they present this criticism to him. And I, I just... Oh, to be a fly on the wall for that. I mean, Jared, they said Jared handled it extremely well. You know, they it's not just like you sit in a room and you have your eyeballs, you know, your eyelids taped open and you have to watch all your bad throws. Like, it's not like that. It's like right. constructive. Right. But at the same time, I mean, man, that's such an interesting way to me of, of coaching somebody. And then you have to be the type of egoless person to accept that and then move forward. Yeah, and I think that's always been Jared. I mean, in the in the four years that you know have covered him, is is he's not sensitive like that. He's he's not somebody who kind of you know has his ears perked up listening for for people to be criticizing him or anything like that. He's pretty laid back. He's pretty accepting of of the fact that you know being an NFL quarterback uh, comes with the territory. You're you're going to hear some of it sometimes, even even if it's from your own teammates, I guess. So uh, yeah, I think there's a little bit of an evolution here. I I think if you're looking for a best case scenario for Jared, it's that uh, you know those skills, the physical skills clearly are there. It's it's not like they're working on you know his arm or working on his ability to make certain throws. That's that's there. That stuff is there. It's it's just kind of that next level stuff. Uh, you know, a guy now going into his fifth season, uh, now very much a veteran quarterback, and and taking the next step. And uh, I think that's that's wise uh, by Jared. It's wise by the the 3D QB people uh, to to kind of be doing these things that that can take him to that next level. And yeah, just to just circle back to the idea that um, you know he needs to be prepared for things. I, I think. I, I, I don't know whether this happened, but I, I could see where, you know, 2017 and 2018, where things were just so good. You know, I mean, you're protected by the best offensive line in football. You've got a 2,000 yard from scrimmage back in Todd Gurley. It's like, well, what's going to go wrong? Everything's great, right? You don't even have to worry about, you know, what what could go wrong. And, and then you have a situation like last year where ooh, things start to crum- crumble around you a little bit. So, I think it's very wise to do that, to, to just have him come in with the mindset of, okay, if things do start start to go sideways a little bit again, I can I can draw back on what I worked on before and, and I can handle that better than I did in 2019. Yeah, and I think that like exactly what you're saying, the ability to um, push to reach whatever that, that sort of half level up or full level up or two levels up, whichever one he thinks is attainable for him to do this year. The ability to say, if, you know, 
if I want to get to this next step, I have to recognize these things about myself and my situation that will probably be true. You know, it will not always be my fault that I am in a situation where I'm going to have to get a little creative. However, if that is my situation, it's less about, okay, whose fault is it? And now more about how I am prepared to handle the situation. Yeah. And I think reframing into that mindset is so important for quarterbacks because you can't just get, if you just think, oh man, you know, my, my line, my line, my line, my line, and then that's just it. And you wait, you wait for, you know, the front office to fix it, or you wait for, um, the lineman to fix it. You're just going to be waiting. You just are. There's just, it's not possible to have, you know, the, the top tier, top contract guys across the line for your entire career as a quarterback. I mean, it's just not, not in today's league and not when you're making the money that Jared is making, you know? And so what, what can you do understanding that you are not always going to be in a perfect situation? And what, first of all, what does that mean specifically? And what can you do personally um, to, to make the best of it? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a great, great insight all, all, all around. And, you know, when, when you, when you told me you were going to work on that story, I thought, oh, gosh, I really hope that they don't just kind of talk in platitudes and generalities. <laughs> but it, it was the total opposite. I mean, it, it was very transparent and, and not to the point where they're giving anything away, where, you sure. know, that the Rams would be upset about it or anything like that. But just really good analysis into, you know, what a quarterback at, at Jared's age and, and what his in his stage of development, you know, the things that he should be working on and, and the things that that they are. So I definitely encourage anybody who's, who's been curious about that to uh, to check out that story yeah and the best part was adam adam was like at the end of the call he was like oh man i'm sorry if i talk too much i was like no (laughs) (laughs) No. this is amazing no (laughs) i was like please no you don't understand like this is more insight than we've gotten for a while and i think it's all helpful it's all valuable it's not like um you know secrets that other teams can use against him. I mean, it's all, I think it's, it's, it's all positive. So, um, yeah, it'll be good. And, and, yeah. you know, I think that as, as camp continues and, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you know, if all things stay, uh, healthy and safe, um, I'm going to be able to get a, a look at some of this stuff myself. And I think it's so nice to have a foundation of information for what I'm looking for. And I think that'll be really helpful to bring Rams fans updates on it. Are these things actually, first of all, thank you, Adam, for helping teach me and, and work through with me some of the actual mechanics that you want to be looking for, but also is he doing them and how well is he doing them? I think it's going to be really, really important. Yep. Big, big year for him. Interesting about those guys too. Adam Dado, the grandson of, of USC, uh, legendary USC baseball coach, uh, Rod Dado. And then uh, Tom House works, works with that group. These are baseball guys. And I know yeah. it's been written about before. A lot of people probably know that. But uh, in terms of the mechanics, a, a lot of uh, a lot of crossover there, a lot of carry over there. So it's a very, very interesting group. Jared's been working with them for, for quite a while. So it, it was very neat to get a, a glimpse into into exactly what's what's been going on down there. Yeah, he jumped on in 2017 after his rookie season, and um, you know he will cre- he will publicly you know credit them for a lot of the the great work. You know, there's obviously very many people to credit, but the, as he started to hit that positive trajectory heading into 2018, um, they were really important in in some of that and getting some of the fundamentals straightened out. And I think um, you know Tom House has worked with, I mean, 
you will you probably it's probably easier to list the names of quarterbacks he hasn't mm-hmm. worked with at this right. point. I mean, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, um, you know, all of these guys that are are just uh keeping I mean, they keep chugging along. I don't know. <laughs> Because <laughs> a lot of this too is like the the right mechanics can help extend your career as well, and I think that's something at this point in, in Jared's in Jared's career, heading into his his first major contract, that's something that you start to think about is okay, how can I do this for the next ten, the next fifteen years? Um, now that I've already done it for for X amount of time, so I think I think all of these things are important. Yeah, for sure, definitely something to watch, Jordan, as in between your kicker. Uh, kicker count and uh, yeah. <laughs> everything else that we'll be tracking and uh, hard knocks we get hard knocks on Tuesday and I'll be very curious to see kind of how they uh, how they handle all this so it really will be our first glimpse in, into what's going on there so um, you know really looking forward to that and, and hoping that it's uh, that it, that it paints a nice picture of, of what's been going on in the building. Well, you guys can watch and we'll watch and we'll keep our eyes on on everything that you want to know. Um, but we'd also like you to uh, to be entertained while we do it. And guess what, Rich? We have another episode of Gridiron Gumshoes to share with listeners today. The mystery continues. And what are two things that are non-football related that you learned about in the last year or two years that you don't think a lot of people know? Oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's obviously very into uh, he's in a, in a clothes and fashion style. You know, he likes to look good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's one thing. Um, and then something else about that I could share with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. I'll just say just the, you know, just the, the quality of person that he is, you know I mean? He's just a, he's just a great person, you know, just having him, you know, uh, being in my home, you know, around my wife and children, um, you know, how my kids gravitate towards him. Um, he's just, he's just a, you know, he's just a really likable um, you know, very polite, um, you know, young man. Um, and so just kind of seeing him in that environment, um, like I said, in my home was, was pretty cool. Um, so that's it. You're not going to, not everybody's going to know that, I guess. That's Kyle Strongen, a partner at MGC Sports and the agent of Player X. We tracked him down for a few more clues about our guy as he reported for testing in Los Angeles. So you represent among uh, many other clients and you have seen pretty much everything there is to see in this business, but nobody has ever dealt with it in a pandemic, right? So how did you have to adjust your pre, you know, your scouting process, your process of of preparing these guys that you have as clients um, for so, such an unprecedented situation? Yeah, I mean, it was a really bizarre, you know, kind of lead up to the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously had, you know, signed, um, you know, in, uh, you know, after the season was over with. And then, you know, things were kind of normal. We were plugging away and um, obviously got through, you know, the All-Star Games and the Combine. Um, and then, you know, I was actually out at a pro day. Um, early in March and we were starting to kind of get the buzz of, Hey, this thing's kind of serious. 
you know, heard some scouts were kind of getting pulled off the road. There were some um, coaches that were canceling private workouts with. So I knew this thing was kind of starting to get pretty serious. And so, you know, ever since then, it just kind of, it was a completely, you know, just unique and, you know, hopefully once in a lifetime type of off season or lead up Mm -hmm. to the draft for Mm -hmm. myself and for all of our clients. And just, um, you know, luckily for me, um, you know, just a, he's a phenomenal person. Um, and you know, I don't know how other, you know, agents handle their, their clients. Um, but you know, the guys I work with are just first class people and take care of business. So, you know, that was, it was much easier just having a guy like, Mm -hmm. you know, taking care of business, but we had to find, you know, alternative ways to, you know, stay in shape. We Mm -hmm. had to find alternative ways to, record a pro day for him to get out to the NFL teams um, so they can see him and, you know, see some of the differences from what he did in Indy, you know, to what he did, you know, a month later on his pro day, um, you know, and then not having, um, you know, private workouts and team visits, you know, where obviously was going to, you know, succeed. Um, you know, he's great in person. He's great around coaches. You know, he just carries himself as, you know, such, uh, you know, such a professional, um, you know, so um, he's uh, he was really going to thrive in that you know situation. So unfortunately, we didn't get that, but um, he still did great with all the Zoom calls and Zoom interviews and, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So we know player X got a combine invite. That's a big clue. We can work with that. The Rams obviously draft him, and and you know he he doesn't have a normal by any means you know run up to the season. He has no mini camp, he has no OTAs, anything like that. Um, yeah. What was that process like? Did the Rams provide some either feedback or template uh, to help him, and and how much were you able to help him kind of through those months that were again very different than than what they normally would be? Yeah, I mean you know luckily for him you know. Um, you know, had some really good facilities, you know, in Nashville and guys working with them, uh, training on people he knows and trusts and stuff like that. So that was great. And then obviously the Rams, you know, once they kind of start, you know, got going on that, you know, got them all the, you know, off-season training program and the regimen and what it's supposed to be like. And so they had, you know, these guys had some guidelines, you know, but I always encourage the guys to do extra, to do more, um, to kind of go above and beyond. Um, but then also too, it's difficult because you're, you know, you're learning the playbook from afar, right? Like you're learning the playbook on your computer on a Zoom call, you know, looking at your coach on the computer. But then it's another thing that's different than, you know, going out and, you know, being on the field. Um, it was cool, though. Um, you know, the Rams offensive players all got together for a couple of weeks out in Southern California and spent some time together. So I think that, you know, opportunity to meet the guys, team build, they're just going to be so much more comfortable now showing up, you know, to training camp. Um, you know, having already met the guys and having, mm-hmm. you know, got, you know, caught balls from Jared Goff and, and done those kind of things. Yeah. Now w- we learned, I think that, uh, you know, the Rams had, had kind of been on him uh, for, for a little while and even, you know, well before the draft. Um, yes. How, how common is that? I mean, was, was, were you surprised to, to see their level of interest that early on or do, do you usually see that and kind of what was that, uh, how did that relationship build, do you think, between the Rams and, and? So, yeah. So, you know, obviously with the Rams being out in Los Angeles, it's really important for them to really understand the type of people they bring into their, into their city and into their culture. And the, through the process, the Rams really got to get to know and understand who he was as a person. Um, and I think that, you know, really helped, 
sell, you know, to the Rams. I mean, obviously his place speaks for itself, but once again, bringing that kind of person into Los Angeles, I think, you know, understanding the, the person was really important. And, and I think they fell in love with through the process, getting to know him. Player X didn't just get a combine invite. He actually got drafted. Another clue. But when was he taken? When was he taken? Yeah, you know, Kyle, I am actually a little surprised that he fell to where he did. I mean, I know that it was perfect for the Rams because they really wanted him and for him to be available when they got done with some of their other more pressing needs, that was great for them. But I personally, I would say, you know, I'd like to hear more about the process because I was, I was actually pretty surprised that he fell to where he did considering his resume. Yeah. I mean, candidly, you know, there, there was frustration there, you know, I know for me and, and, you know, I think just as a player, regardless, you know, you have, you have hopes and expectations and, you know, I feel it's my job to help kind of at least set those expectations and have them be reasonable. And I, you know, in, you know, we were we were in the range, but it was at the lower end of the range because I think, you know, I know he's going to outperform his draft slot. What round? What round? Damn it. Detectives, I need to know. But there couldn't be a better fit and a better team for him to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up how it's supposed to end up. We just had to wait longer than we had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know he's he's fired up to be a Ram. Um I love that offense for him. You know, I love I love the culture out there. Um, you know, I have some friends in that building, so it's uh it's a really good setup for him out there in LA. Yeah, and it 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 takes a little, I mean, he just he he fits, right? I mean, there is yeah. even even with people in the room with him who are you know, saw their significant, their roles increase significantly last season, he still fits. And so there's less of that pressure when you come in and you think, you know, is this an, is this a, oh my gosh, you know, I hope, I hope I make it situation. It's not that. It is more a, how can I start to elevate myself in the minds of my coaching staff right away? I know has a level of expectation for himself, right? Um, as do probably all these guys in the locker room, right? They all they all go in and they want to compete. And they want to be the starter, um, you know. So obviously, there's there's some veterans in the room. There's some guys that have had some success in the NFL, um, you know. But I know he's going to go in and he's going to go and learn as much as he can, and he's going to you know listen to his coaches and he's going to you know um, just be be a, a part of the team. But he's also going to have a, a drive to play as much as he possibly can as well. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Kyle, what? What's been tough about preparing him to like set foot in the building for the first time? There's so many mixed signals coming from the league. Um, you know, he he indicated he's just going to try to get out here and be ready because it's so difficult to know exactly how reporting is going to even happen. Um, yeah. So how have you tried to prepare him for that and, and be a resource for him? I mean, step number one is stay COVID free. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the way that the testing is, you know, I mean, you can come in and get popped. If you get popped and you got a positive test, I don't know. That's, I don't know what that penalty is. I don't know if you have a, you know, self-quarantine for 14 days before you can retest again, you know, and if you're self-quarantined for whatever, even if it's five days or 10 days, like you're missing time, you're missing reps, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you fall behind quickly, especially as a rookie, especially with no preseason games. So, I mean, really, I think that's, Honestly, the most important thing mm-hmm. um, is just to stay healthy, you know, and to take care of yourself. And um, after all, my guys, you know, we're all going to have to live differently. Um, it's just what it is for the, the time that we're in right now. And you got to be careful and you got to take care of yourself and you got to be a pro. And that's, you know, part of being a pro for these guys this year is just staying healthy. So um, that obviously was number one. And then number two is just, 
you know, being in the best shape he could possibly be in. And it's so important that he is ready. You know what I mean? Cause like, you don't know if the guy in front of you, um, is going to have to incubate. Right. So, so yeah. being ready as soon as possible. Um, I mean, it sounds like you have very, very positive expectations that he would be ready if he were called upon. Definitely. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, from a, not only from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint with, you know, the playbook, understand the playbook, understand, you know, where he needs to be, where the quarterbacks want him to be on certain routes, certain concepts, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, he's, um, you know, he, he didn't start playing football, you know, till later on in his high school years, but mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a very, very smart man. And, um, you know, he'll pick the game up and ask pick the game, pick the playbook up, you know, very easily for himself. Two final clues. See, first, Kyle talked about player X being certain about his routes. So he's going to be catching the ball. See, you tried to sneak one past me, Kyle. But I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the wagon eating a ham sandwich yesterday, as the old saying goes. Second, he didn't start playing ball till later in his high school career. That's something. Maybe something big. We need to get back to his hometown. We gotta talk to someone back then. They'll know. They'll give it away, see? We just gotta ask the right questions. That was episode two of Gridiron Gumshoes, and we're very, very excited uh, to see what Player X has in store for us next week. As always, thank you so much for listening to Rich Hammond and myself on the 11 Personnel Podcast. Um, You can follow our work on Twitter at Jordan Rodriguez, at Rich Hammond. Make sure you go subscribe to us uh, at either at The Athletic uh, through one of our stories or through this very podcast for a sweet discount, Rich. That's right. Go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. Sign up for all Jordan's great work at The Athletic and you'll never miss a podcast either.